is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continue here on KMOX. Matt Pajeski was just making fun of me because if you were listening to uh, the Dave Glover show today, we played Pyramid, and at one Kevin Wheeler and I were on a team together, and one of the categories was '90s bands, and I missed Counting Crows. And just now, as that song was going, I was obnoxiously singing along with it, with the microphone, of course, turned off, and I I realized. Pajeski could any moment just like turn the microphone on and then you could be hearing obnoxious Matt Pauley singing Hanging Around by the Counting Crows. And nobody other than Matt Pajeski needs to uh, needs to hear that. We do welcome you back into the program. As always, if you don't want to join us, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or just tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, very happy to welcome on to the program. Looking forward to uh, this. If you are a baseball nerd like me, uh, this is somebody who you're excited to talk to. His name is uh, Andrew Eit. He is uh, the hitting coordinator with Driveline Baseball. Uh, if Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there who know Driveline Baseball, a lot of people that don't know Driveline Baseball. More on that in a moment. Uh, this offseason specifically, a couple Cardinals of notes have been working uh, with uh, Driveline in Nolan Arnato and Lars Newtbar. And uh, Andrew is also a St. Louis guy, grew up in the St. Louis area, uh, went to uh, McKendree. So I didn't even realize that uh, until just a little while ago. But with all that being said, we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew A-Y-D-T. Andrew, thanks so much for uh, taking some uh, time with us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's always a great day to talk to a little Cardinals baseball. Yeah, it's um, it's fun to have you on. You're a St. Louis guy originally. You're now based in Seattle with your work with uh, Driveline Baseball. Let's start with this because uh, there's going to be people listening here on KMOX that have never heard of Driveline Baseball, and then there's going to be people who see maybe some clips on, on social media and have kind of heard about it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of connections to big league players, including some Cardinals. Talk to me a little bit about Driveline Baseball and what it is that you you guys do yeah so driveline is a player development company uh specifically in, in baseball so we specialize on the hitting pitching and then also the high performance side or like the weight room um so we do everything from off-season training to in-season training it's very like data and analytically driven uh, as long with like video and things like that so we kind of measure as much as we can to learn as much as we can and then implement that with players um, to help them have like the best season and career that they can so we really got connected to this and wanted to have you on specifically because there's been some social media stuff recently with uh, Nolan Arnato and Lars Newtbar being there. We'll sp- we'll talk specifically about that in a moment. But I think from a really general perspective, what's the difference between what any, say, professional baseball player does in season with their respective hitting coaches versus what they're doing out of season when they come see you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. So in-season and off-season training can be completely different. So what we're able to do in the off-season versus what the coaching staff for the Cardinals can do in-season is a lot different. So the off-season, we have up to a month or three or four months with the guy before they have to perform. And so we can make a lot of more like actual like swing changes and performance-based changes to set them up for the next season. 
whereas the uh, coaching staff for in season, it's about playing that night. So we have the luxury of, you know, playing out a training program to make a change over the next month or two, whereas that staff has to get the guy ready to go perform that night. So a lot of the work that they do is about optimizing um, performance in the here and now, whereas, like, we can make more, like, long-term changes with a player. I've always told people, and I've always thought one of the toughest things in sports is maybe changing your swing in season because you can sit there and batting practice and you can work on things, but when the lights turn on at night and you need to go have success trying to work through some tweak that you've made it is is not easy to do. Can you speak to that a little bit about uh, how, how tough it is and how challenging it is and maybe why there's such a benefit to working on those type of things in the offseason? Yeah, exactly. So the hard part about in-season is a lot of the training you do, um, a lot of the science behind it doesn't necessarily say that it's going to show up that night because the changes don't happen that quick. So a lot of those changes need to happen in the off-season. And then once you get into the season, it's more about maintaining that performance and those changes you made. So finding that routine from the off-season that you can do pregame to help you, like, maintain that change during the season and then mostly it's about preparing for that night's pitcher as well there is a certain contingent of baseball fans that hear about data and analytics and they want to they want to dismiss it and I always say why would you ever dismiss information you should take it you should use it when you're using it what kind of information are you getting from these hitters then you can then try to use in kind of a functional way to make them better yeah so we we feel that a lot of the stuff that coaches would look at without data and numbers, like we're just measuring that now so we can take the guessing out of it. Uh, especially at the highest level with when there's millions of dollars on the line, with, especially with a player like Nolan Arenado and for the Cardinals as well, you really don't want to be guessing as much and just like relying on your eyes. So we'll measure as much as we can, kind of heat check it with our eyes and then go forward to make a change. Um, so we're looking at everything from they performed in season of, how hard they're hitting the ball, how often they're putting it in play, um, to also stuff that we get while they're in gym with us in the facility of how their body's moving. So we have a, a full biomechanics lab as well that the guys come and go through. So we have 47 markers all over their body um, that's telling us everything that their body's doing during the swing of the positions that they get into, get out of, how each body part is moving, how fast it's moving, and like what that does to the to the ball when they hit it so we can make very detailed changes that we know is going to lead to performance um, on the field and kind of take the guesswork out of it. All right, I'm going to get really nerdy here, and we're talking with uh, Andrew Ite from, uh, from Driveline Baseball. In a major league game, in many minor league games, they've got all the cameras, they've got all the stat cast data. The, the, the data, the information that comes out of a major league baseball game is insane. But what they don't have is they don't have markers on the bodies that are registering what's going on. So what are you measuring uh, when these guys come in in the offseason that doesn't get measured even with all the cameras and all the information that's coming out of a major league game? Yeah, so we're measuring exactly like what their exact mechanics are during the swing. Um, so instead of kind of like relying on our eyes during the season, we can measure it and look through our eyes as well and then make changes. Um, so we actually have force plates in the ground of our batting cages as well. So we can see how much force they're putting into the ground that is then coming back up their body. And then we can see how well their body is transferring that energy into the bat and into the ball. So we can see where that kind of goes wrong and where there's any disconnect. 
and kind of like how much bat speed and, and exabule that can result in. And then also like how their body is moving to result in like the bat path that they use and like the, um, that results in like whether they hit ground balls, line drives, fly balls, and can kind of optimize like where they're hitting the ball on the field as well. All right, so one of those things we always hear, we, we hear about exit velocity and we hear about launch angle. And a lot of people, I think cynics out there who don't like the data and don't like the analytics say, you should never go to the plate thinking about launch angle. And I, my response to them is they're not. A good launch angle is just the result of having proper mechanics and having a good swing. You don't go to the plate thinking about launch angle. You go to the plate trying to swing correctly, and then launch angle ends up being a thing. So give me your thoughts on that and uh, how, how you get the proper launch angle, but it's also not something where you're focused on launch angle, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So – Ironically, every every ball in play has a, a launch angle, so even a uh, a bunt would have a launch angle. So it's just a measurement, um, and then we're just kind of like helping them like produce the best like ball flight possible. Uh, and so basically, anything you do is going to result in a launch angle as long as you're putting the ball in play. And then we can kind of help guys tailor that to what's going to help them perform the best. So if they swing the bat really fast and hit the ball really hard they can get away with a higher launch angle. Uh, if they're going to be more of a power hitter, like we'll kind of tailor it more towards hitting the ball more in the air more often. But if it's more of a speed guy that puts the ball in play a lot, who doesn't swing the bat very fast, we'll kind of tr- help train them for like a lower launch angle that's hitting like low line drives over the infield. So we actually see launch angle, like the batting average is at its highest at, at 12 degrees, which is like right over the infield. So we can help those guys like optimize for for batting average and, and on base percentage. But majority of guys aren't going up to the plate thinking about um, launch angle. You know they're letting their training up to the game kind of help like that take over. Because uh, you know guys throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour, uh, like you need to be focused on squaring the ball up and, and reacting to the pitcher, uh, not necessarily like a, a launch angle or what your body's doing. What's the reaction more often than not the first time you guys get your hands on somebody and you put them through and you get all the sensors on them and you take them to the monitor, the computer, wherever you, the phone, I don't know where you show them the data, but when they see that information for the first time, what's generally the reaction? Usually they're, they're very excited about it um, because we find a lot of ways that can help them improve. Um, It can help their team win more games and also can help them make more money as well. Um, so, like, a lot of guys, they get to this point in their career, like, they're kind of finding small areas of improvement that can be pretty tough to, to find and to uh, to change. Like, uh, you know, you have a guy like Nolan come in who's just has, like, a, a laundry list of accolades and is going to be a Hall of Famer. It's, like, kind of like what's the next step for him, and that's why we measure so much stuff so that we can find, like, where there's little areas of improvement and, like, what's the lowest hanging fruit that's going to help have like the biggest impact for him for the next year. Yeah. Not trying to get you to give too much information away, but from a very general perspective, what is that next step for somebody like Nolan, who's already one of the top hitters in baseball? Yeah. So his next step is continuing to train bat speed um, and exit velocity. So he came to us last off season coming off another very good year, um, but it wasn't quite up to to his standards. Um, He saw like a little bit of a dip, in offensive production so he was kind of looking for that next step and so we kind of grade all of our hitters everything we collect kind of goes back to our our big three which is bat speed bat to ball skills and swing decisions so bat speed is how fast you're swinging the bat 
at the ball skills is how often you can put the ball in play and when, when you do, like what's the quality of the contact uh, when you do, and then swing decisions. So he's well above league average. He's one of the best uh, in the MLB at back to ball skills and putting the ball in play, and he has good swing decisions. So like our plan of attack there was to help him train to move a little bit better and swing the bat faster to hit the ball harder and just kind of add speed on top on top of like everything he already did really well. Uh, and so last year he increased his bat speed by two miles an hour. Uh, we saw like a really big surge in production again and helped him have one of the best offensive years of his career. I've talked to people. I, I recently talked to somebody who was a former scout who had the Cardinals as one of his teams and referred to uh, Lars Newtbar when he was coming up kind of as just an organizational guy. And now all of a sudden uh, we'll see if he can continue on. But Newtbar really had a breakout this past season, and they're re- really relying on him to be a big part of the team this upcoming year. What have you seen from him as he's really kind of transformed himself from being just a guy to all of a sudden a really, really big part of a very good team's lineup? Yeah, so that is kind of the culmination of Lars putting in a lot of hard work over a few years. So he's been with us in the offseason for a few years now um, and also, you know, really working hard with the coaching staff for the Cardinals every year in the minor leagues and stuff as well. And when he started, he was kind of uh, he's kind of closer to, to Nolan, uh, whereas he has a really good ability to put the ball in play. Uh, Lars is going to walk a lot. Uh, and like, but he wasn't hitting the ball or moving the bat that fast. And so he spent the last couple of years really targeting that. And that's why you can see like the kind of like newfound power that he's been displaying on uh, some of the MOB the last like year and a half or so. Uh, I'm really excited for him to get more consistent uh, at bats too. And kind of like that next step is just getting more bats at the, the big league level. And then this off season as well, he's, working to kind of improve his basketball skills even a little bit more as well. He has a great ability to put the ball in play. And then now the next step is kind of when it is putting it in play, kind of improving that value on it, like where he's hitting it, kind of optimizing like his launch angles, so to speak. So he hits a little bit less ground balls, a little more line drives. Is there much communication between you, your, your staff members at your place, and members of respective organizations who have players, whether they're major league or minor league players, uh, but have players coming to you? Do you guys chat a lot? I wouldn't say a lot, but there's definitely some communication. Um, some coaching staffs are very good about kind of like towards the end of the offseason reaching out and kind of discussing um, like what was targeted during the offseason and kind of what went well and, and some areas of improvements, just kind of they can get our end of it to really provide their players like the the best situation possible to kind of mesh the two philosophies and, and kind of hit the ground running at the beginning of the spring. How different are hitting philosophies in Major League Baseball from one organization to the next? Are we at a point right now where we kind of know enough about hitting that most teams are sort of doing the same thing? It's kind of all over the map um, still. I'd say there's probably a good like third that have kind of taken like the new school philosophy. Um, and there's still a kind of like a bottom tier that's pretty like old school, but like most things in life, the answer is kind of in the middle, having a blend of the old school and new school is the best way to go. Um, having some tech, but still like relying on your scouts and coaches that have like really good eyes. Uh, and so like that's something the Cardinals are really good about. Um, that's why they produce so many like high level players from the minor leagues um, as well. If they're good at blending, blending the two and providing a great culture for the players. He's Andrew Ite. You follow him on Twitter at Andrew A-Y-D-T, hitting coordinator with Driveline Baseball. 
Andrew, I hope people enjoyed uh, me being able to nerd out on hitting a little bit with you, but this is a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for taking the time to have me on. I really appreciate it. Andrew Wright joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him uh, taking some time with us again. uh, Hitting coordinator, driveline baseball, and that kind of gives you a little bit of an inside look on what's going on and uh, the work that's done in the offseason. The fact that uh, Nolan Arnato, Lars Nootbaar, they're trying to go specifically get better in some areas, and they go work and um, that, that's just that's how baseball players work today. It's a, it's it's an all year, twelve month a year sort of deal, and a lot of them use facilities like driveline baseball. So we'll get Andrew on again for sure, and maybe get a little bit of an update uh, as we look at uh, some of the progressions of some of the hitters that they have worked with. A little bit of breaking news coming down right now: the Los Angeles Dodgers have officially moved on from pitcher Trevor Bauer. They owe him lots and lots and lots and lots of money but he's not going to be a Dodger. Is he going to pitch anywhere moving forward? We'll discuss it coming up in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX.